0: Who's glad to be at church today? Anybody glad to be in the house of God? Come on. Can we just thank God for his goodness and mercy? And I'm so thankful that you're with us, and, and also a big hello to everybody who's online as well. We're thankful for you, and uh, we, know, we know that... Um, it, you know we're thankful for the miracle of technology, but I'm just saying there's nothing like being in the room. And so if you're if you're not here and you're local, we would love to see you because it's just better when you're in person. Come on, let's welcome everybody who's online today as well. Thankful for you and thankful that you're part of our church family. We're thankful for them and. And so uh, today we're kicking off a new series uh, called Reply All. I'll tell you about that in just a moment. But just a reminder, baptism, water baptism is happening today right outside. It's warm enough. While, while it's warm weather, we're going to do it out on the patio. So uh, if, if you've recently given your life to Christ, your next step is to be water baptized. And so you, you can do that, and we've got everything you need in order to take that next step today. All right? But uh, today we're kicking off this new series called Reply All. And the idea of this series really comes from a, a survey that we do every year on Easter Sunday. We always ask the people who are here at, at church on Easter Sunday, would you tell us what do you want to hear about? What can we teach you? What are the subjects that you want to know about? And, uh, and so let us know what that is. And every year we categorize those, those different results. And actually every year it's the same results. Year after year it's the same top four or five um, things every single year. And so um, the last few years, we've noticed that it's become stress. People are dealing with stress. They want to hear a message on how do I deal with this stress? How do I handle it? And so um, there's also, over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about uh, how do I how do I forgive somebody? I'm having a hard time letting, letting go. Or how do I deal with life's difficult moments? How do I survive these difficult moments? Another one is, is like, how do we... Um, how, how do I know God's will for my life? How do I know what God wants me to do? And so we're going to talk about these things over the next few weeks, but today we're going to talk about stress. And uh, and this would be uh, one of those sermons where you might give an amen every once in a while or an oh me, all right? It's just one of those messages depending on how how it relates to you, all right? So As I talk about stress, it reminds me of of the story that I heard about a guy who was working on his motorcycle right on the patio outside of his kitchen. And there was a glass door, a glass patio door, sliding door, that separated the patio from his kitchen. And he's out there working on his motorcycle. He's turning wrenches. He's getting it roadworthy. And then finally, he's ready to crank it. He starts it up full throttle, just pulls it back. Just pulls it back and it slips into gear, crashes through the glass door into the kitchen, and just wrecks the whole place. His wife comes in there. She's she's like, "What's going on?" She calls nine one one, and they come pick him up and take him to the emergency room to just treat his wounds and bandage him up a little bit. And and she stays back to clean up the mess. And she's sopping up the gasoline and the oil. And she goes, rings it out in the toilet. Well, he comes home from the hospital. And he's stressed out. Brother's been through a rough day. His glass door is destroyed. His motorcycle is a wreck. He needs a cigarette. He sits down on the commode, lights that cigarette. (laughs) And when he's finished, he puts it in the commode and it explodes on him from the gasoline that his wife had put in there. She comes running in again. She calls 911. They send the same paramedics that had just treated him. And when, when they ask her what happened and she's telling them the story, they start laughing so hard that they drop him off of the stretcher and cause him some more harm that day. Come on. That's a bad day, everybody. That is a rough day. That's a stressful day. And, and uh, I don't know if you've ever had days like that. Um, Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. Anybody? That's one of my favorite kids' books. Hey, that, there's going to be days like that even in Australia. You know what I'm talking about? Even, even when you think, if I could just get to Hawaii and escape these bad days, those bad days will be there too. Can I get a witness? All right. And so, um, you know, we're already a stress society. Uh, the statistics prove that. They tell us that. Every year, there's a survey done that's called Stress in America. It's a national survey. And, uh, and every year, they, they bring out some of, the, some of the stats are the same every year. It's like it's telling us a trend, but we're already stressed. Some of you are stressed with job stuff. You're thinking, man, if I could just get a different job. If I could just tell my boss, take this job and shove it. I ain't working here no more. Come on, y'all, wish, you wish you could tell him that, but you need the job, right? So, so you, you don't. You just keep quiet and you keep working. And some of you, it's relational stress. You, you think, man, if, if it wasn't for the people... My life would be awesome. It would just be so good. Um, some of you, it's it's the it's it's not the relational stress. It's not the job stress. Maybe it's the parenting stress. How do I parent these kids? How do I how do I parent a toddler and a teenager at the same time? Come on, you know what I'm talking about. It's just how do I do this? And then uh, the number one stressor in America, according to this study, according to uh, the APA, American psychological association the number one stressor 2022 this year is finances it's always in the top but this year it's finances specifically a few things inflation gas prices grocery shelves that are bare like hey i'm i'm paying more for all this stuff but my paycheck didn't change you know what I'm talking about? Like it's this. There's a stress that comes along with that. And so what I'm going to do today is we're going to answer that question like, how do we end up in financial stress? But we've also got to look at ourselves because um, the statistics say that Americans are spending 117% of their income. Now, I don't know if you're good at math. You don't have to be good at math to know that. That won't work. Bad, bad economy right there. We can't keep that up. And so this message is to help those maybe who might be in a financial black hole, but to maybe keep some of you out of a financial black hole. But here's what I want you to know. The whole message isn't about finances, okay? I'm going to give you, in just a moment, I'm going to give you five ways that you can live a stressed life. I'm going to teach you a little bit different today, okay? I'm going I'm to teach you how you can live a stressed life. And, and you've heard me teach about the blessed life. Today, we talk about the stressed life. I'm gonna give you five key principles that'll help you live stress to the max, all right? That's, that's, my, my, that's my goal today, is I just wanna, it's gonna be some sarcasm and some sass along the way, so you just, you just go with me here. But um, I, I, want, I want you to think about this. There's a famous story in scripture about the prodigal son. And we, we often read his story and miss the fact that it has a lot to do with personal finance. And so we're gonna look at how can we live a stressed life based on what we learn from the prodigal son, okay? If you're ready, say, I'm ready. All right, if you got your, if you got your message notes, pull, pull those message notes out. I'm gonna teach you, first of all, how you can live a stressed life, and then we're gonna talk about how do we, how do we relieve that stress, okay? So we're gonna have fun in the first part. If you're, if you're taking notes, follow along with me on the screen. Uh, Luke chapter 15, it's the story of the prodigal. And Jesus says, there was a man who had two sons. The younger son said to his dad, dad, I want what you owe me. I want what's mine. I want that inheritance. I don't want to wait until you're dead and gone. I want it now. All right? Give it to me now. Give me my share of the estate. And so the dad, I think maybe unwisely, divides the estate and gives his son His inheritance. And so this is the first thing that I want you to know today, that if you want to live a stressed life, if you're looking for, man, how can I stress it to the max? Here's number one. Make sure that you are consumed with having more. Right, That's the first thing. If you want to live a stressed life, this is absolutely essential. This is what you've got to do. Listen, I would say it to you this way. Don't be content on anything. Okay? Just make sure that nothing's ever good enough, that i got to have more. Pastor Ben, I, 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 I gotta get more. If you wanna live stressed, this is the way to do it. In fact, I've been there and I've, I've made some of those decisions before. I, I'm not asking anybody else to raise your hand, but I know you have to, right? When I, was, um, when, when I was growing up in East Tennessee, my dad died when I was seven years old, all right? And then my mom was a single mom for a little bit, about five years or so. Then she got remarried and when she remarried, uh, just not long after that, she started giving me the entirety of my dad's Social Security benefit check every month. for for about a 13-year-old, that's about $900 a month. Man, I was I had some swag. You know what I'm talking about? I'd be like, man, I was back. I was, I had drip back when drip wasn't a thing. You know what I'm saying? Because I had nine <laughs> $900 a month. I could go. I just. It was, it was awesome, but nobody told me how to budget. Nobody told me how to spend my money. I, thankfully, I did love to save, so when I turned 15, I bought a 1991 Toyota Corolla. Man, this, this thing was bad to the bone. <laughs> Cherry red, sports bra on the front, cloth interior. You know what I'm saying? Had the, had the six-disc CD changer that my brother put in for me, put some 12s in the back. I was, it was awesome <laughs> until it started breaking down on me, right? I'm a senior in high school. It starts breaking down on me, and so I do what any sensible person would do. I I did what common sense tells you to do. I went and traded it in. That's what you do when your car car starts breaking down. You don't fix it, okay, because you got to have more, so you go trade it in on something, and I traded it in not on a used car but for a brand-new 2001 Nissan Xterra. Oh, this thing was awesome, and it was the worst decision that I could have made because... First of all, it wasn't even in my name. Secondly, secondly, that social security check thing to run out. You know what I'm talking about? Like it's not gonna be there forever. And so I graduate high school, got my car that I can't pay for and the, and the social security's gone and I I, I I go to Bible college and I somehow, someway pay for this thing through Bible college. I don't know how I did it. Somehow I, it worked out. We get married. Annalise and I get married. We move to Alabama and we need... Uh, She can't drive it because guess what? It's a stick shift. So you can't drive a stick shift. So, you know, of course, we need to trade this in on something that both of us can drive, right? Sensible. Common sense would say you gotta get a car that both of us can drive. So we do what common sense tells you to do. We went and traded it in, not on a used car that we could afford. No, 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 on a brand new 2004 Toyota Camry. Ground effects, BBS wheels, spoiler, leather interior. Got the stereo controls on the steering wheel. Man, this thing was incredible. I just had to have more, everybody. It was, a, it was the worst decision. I'm just trying to bring a little humor to us today to tell you, if you want to live stressed, this is the way to do it. Just go, go about making sure nothing's ever good enough. You just got to have more and more and more, all right? All right? All right, here we go. We're gonna keep going with the story. And in in verse um, 13, it says that not long after he got his inheritance, the younger son got together all that he had and he set off for a distant country. Now, here's the second key. If you wanna live a stressed life, what you gotta make sure you do is that you have this mentality that you have to have everything now. All right? Make sure you have everything now. Here's what I mean by that. Um, don't wait for anything in life. Don't wait until you get a little bit older, till you've got some savings. No, you go get it right now. You put on your boots, you get to work, and you go do it even if you have to get in debt. It's getting quiet now. I'm, I must be preaching. I'm, I must be preaching. Uh, um, uh, let me say it this way. If I, could, if I could just boil it down to this. If you want to be stressed, live on impulse. Vital. Okay, it's vital to you being stressed. Just live on impulse. High schoolers, high school seniors and college age, um, you can't wait to move out of the house. Let me tell you that there is a world out there where you can have everything right now. And I don't want you to worry about the price tag that comes with that. I mean, if you want to be stressed, go, when when you get that credit card offer in the mail and they're saying, we're going to give you $200 gift card and a free T-shirt, come on, sign up for it right then. Because that... That's, what, that's, how you get, that's, how, that's how you get stressed is just have everything right now. And, and for those of you young marrieds in the room, I know that your parents waited a long time to have the house that they have. Listen, you need to ignore all sensible advice and go get that dream home right now, okay? Go get it right now, and then when you get that dream home, I, I want you to go put put all of the furniture on on credit at 0% interest for for four or five years. You don't even have to make a payment until the fifth year and then forget about it. And in that fifth year, you owe like $13,000 at 30% interest. Come on, just do that and you can have it now, all right? You can can just have it now. I I, I sense that you're sensing my sarcasm, okay? (laughs) All right. Five ways to live stressed. Here's here's the third thought. We're gonna get. We're going verse by verse in this study of the prodigal. So he he sets off for a distant land. He he wants it all right now. And then when he gets there, look what he does. He squanders his wealth in wild living. And and this would be the third thing that I would tell you is that if you want to live stressed, this is. Absolutely important for you. If you want to live stressed, you've got to make sure that you continue your self-destructive behavior. It's vital. It's it's one thing that will guarantee you'll live a stressed life. And what I mean by that self-destructive behavior is make sure you don't ask anybody for help. Okay? Uh, And I know we launched small groups last week, and I think there's a couple financial peace small groups out there. Whatever you do, don't get in one of those because you do not want to get help. Okay? (laughs) Okay? You don't, you don't want to get any sort of freedom in your life, any sort of financial help. And, and keep doing the same thing that you've been doing financially, but expect everything to change. That's one way you can be sure you can be stressed. Just keep doing the same thing. Expect a different result. And, um, and if you do have bad spending habits, don't give them up. Okay, just keep... <laughs> keep doing that so that you can live a stress. I remember talking about destructive habits um, when I was a kid. I, every kid loves arcades. Every kid loves arcades. I still love to go to arcades every once in a while, but I have, to, I have to pace myself because I have been known to stand in front of that machine where all the quarters are hanging off the edge. You know what I'm talking about? Just put quarter after. Come on, fall. What's the problem, right? It's addicting, right? So it's, what's that? Self-destructive behavior. Well, when I was, like, before I started getting my social security check, or my, as I call it, not social security, but so-so security check, when I started getting that, uh, before I started giving it, I went on my first youth conference trip. My parents sent me off with our church youth group to Pigeon Forge, Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and uh, that's around the area that I grew up in, and we did youth conference there every year, and it's a tourist area. Right, so there's arcades galore. My mom sends me with $70. It's supposed to be my spending money, my eating money. Day one, we get to the arcade, it's gone. I blow it all in one arcade on the first day. And for the rest of the trip, I'm going around like, hey, can you spot me lunch? I just, uh, could, could you get my dinner? Could you, could you help me out? It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. What was that? Self-destructive behavior. I just, I just couldn't, I couldn't stop. So we, we need to deal with this. I don't know what your self-destructive behavior is, but we've all got one, and so we're gonna have to, if we want to live a stress-free life, come on, we gotta deal with that, amen? All right, here's, here's the third part, is that um, after he had spent everything, so he squanders it all. And here's another principle, that if you wanna live a stressed life, I mean, this is good teaching today. You can't get this kind of teaching at any other church today. It's just, this is just good stuff. If you wanna live a stressed life, spend everything you get. Spend everything you earn. And, and, and listen, um, don't save it. There's no reason to save it. I mean, this earth is gonna burn up anyway one day. Why, why leave a bank account full of money? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, Don't, don't save it. Spend everything you earn. And, and remember this, remember this, uh, that budgeting is for losers. I mean, come on, <laughs> who does that? Who tells their money where to go? We don't know. We're living a stressed life. That's what we're doing. That's the kind of life we want to live. And, and I, know, I know that the Bible has a lot to say. Like the, the Bible, actually Jesus teaches uh, as much about money as he does any other principle in the Bible. And, and it has all kinds of biblical foundational principles in here. But you won't need that since you want to be stressed. So just go ahead and put that right back on the shelf. Because you, you, don't, want to, you, don't, want to, you don't want to mess things up with your stress level. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Here we go. Um, and and be sure that if you ever hear the Dave Ramsey quote, if you want to live like someone else later, then live like someone else. Live live like no one else now. When you hear that, roll your eyes, belly laugh at it. Because listen, I mean, who wants to do that? Who wants to save? Who wants? To, I mean, come on. I'm a spender. Let's do this. Let's go. So here we go. Here's the last one. He's squandered it all. He's spent everything that he has. You probably have never looked at the prodigal this way before. But when he gets, he gets into a pretty bad spot, and there's a severe famine in the whole country, and he begins to be in need. And, and I'm kind of I'm finished with the humor for just a second because here's, here's the, the fifth thing, that if you want to live a stressed life, do this, and that is, don't prepare for tough times. Don't prepare for tough times, and I think probably most of us would agree we're in a tough time in our society. Would you agree with that? It's a tough time. It's it's a difficult time, and I would say we're weathering that storm right now. But sadly, some of you weren't prepared for it. And so here we are, in the middle of a storm, in the middle of a tough time, And I'm stressed, Pastor Ben. I've got too much going on. I've got so much happening. And the Bible says that it rains on the just as well as the unjust. So in other words, hey, everybody's going to go through tough times. Jesus himself said that in this world, bank on it, count on it, you will have troubles. But he also said, take heart because I came to overcome the world. Some of the tough times we go through, they're circumstantial. There are things that happen to us. I can't can't help it. I can't help what everything that goes on in the world and how it affects me. I'm not in control of all of that, so it's circumstantial. But some of the tough times we go through is a result of our own dumb decisions. Can I get an amen right there? It's it's, It's just we did something that got us to where we are today, and it's causing stress in our lives. And if I could just tell you today, listen, If you keep doing the same things, you're going to keep getting the same result. If you keep making the same decisions, you're going to keep getting the same result time after time after time. And so the story of the prodigal isn't over. It's it's just beginning because all of us, we've made some mistakes like the prodigal. And what I want to do is I'm going to shift gears. So I've kind of talked a little bit about the financial part of stress, but the rest of this message will certainly apply to finances, but listen, I want you to think about it for whatever area of stress you have today. Whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're going through, whatever's stressing you out, I want you to think through the rest of this message. Let it apply to you in that area, not just finances, okay? All right, so here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna give you four principles that can bring you peace, all right? Principles of peace. But no matter where your stress comes from, no matter where that anxiety, that 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 feeling comes from, my prayer for you is that you would have an aha moment, that you would have a wake-up call, and like the prodigal, watch this, that you would come to your senses. That's, that's the first thing, we we got to come, come to our senses. Some of you are desperate today. We're going to call you Desperado, okay? Desperado, why don't you come to your senses? I don't know the rest of the song, that's all I know. Hey, some of you, you need this wake-up call today. You need somebody, you need somebody to to explain it. To. Let me give you a Boudreaux joke, okay? That's not in my notes, but um, so Boudreaux went to the bank, and he 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 needed to get some money out of the bank. First time that he had that he had ever gotten a check to cash, and he goes to the bank to check this to cash the check, and, and, uh, and, and he says, "Hey, I want to get some I want to some money for this this check right here." They said, "Well, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to sign the back of it." You're gonna have to endorse it," he said. "I ain't doing it. I ain't signing that." And they said, "Well, Boudreaux, that's the only way you get the money. Is you sign the back, you get the money." He said, "I'm not doing it." They said, "Well, you don't get the money." He said, "Well, I'm gonna take this over to the other bank, and they're gonna give me the money for it." And so he goes over to the other bank, and he says, "Hey, I need to get some money for this check," and they said, "We're well, gonna to have to sign the back." And he he said, "Well, I'm not signing the back. I ain't doing it." And they said, "Well, Boudreaux, you don't get the money unless you sign the check." He said, "I'm not signing the check." The teller grabbed him by the shirt collar. Brought him across the counter, slapped him in the face, said, Boudreaux, you're going to sign this check if you want the money, and, and Boudreaux signed the check. <laughs> he, went, he went back over to the other bank, and he said, he said, I got my money. They said, well, what'd you do? He said, I signed the back of the check. They said, well, we, tr- we tried to tell you that's what you're supposed to do. He said, yeah, but you didn't explain it to me like they did. <laughs> I'm going to try to explain it to you, okay? I'm just going to try to explain this to you today. So... <laughs> Four thoughts, okay? How do I get biblical, this, this peace in my life? Number one, if you're taking notes, oh, write this down first, is that a lot of our stress is coming from ignoring God's principles. So you're dealing with stress because of decisions that you made, and, and it's because maybe you were ignoring, maybe not intentionally, maybe you didn't know. Listen, it's time to make a decision. The, the world right now is full of common sense people, but it's so common that, that listen, we're, we're, we're beginning to, to do things that really aren't helping us. If I could say it this way, if you want what everybody else in the world has, just do what everybody else does. But if you want to look different, if you want your life to look different, you're going to have to do some things different. And so I think God's not asking us to have common sense. He wants us to have uncommon sense, okay? And so I'm going to give you four principles of peace, but they all come from uncommon sense. And the first thing, if we want peace, we're going to, have to, we're going to have to do this. We're going to have to repent. Repent. And that's not a dirty word. I know it's a church word, but a lot of times in, in church we get scared of that word. We go, repent. What, what do you mean repent? And that just means to turn from the way that you've been doing things. It's an it's a easy word. It, it, doesn't, it It's not a... It's just something that means I'm going to change the way that I've been doing things. I'm going to change my mindset. I'm going to change the way that I'm thinking about these things, and I'm going to go the other direction. So if I was going this direction, I'm going to turn, do a 180, and I'm going this direction now. I have repented. Okay? And so for some of us, we've done some things... That have gotten us into a place where we're stressed and we're dealing with anxieties, we're dealing with the cares of life. If we want to see a change, then we're gonna have to do what the Bible says, we're gonna have to repent. And, and that just means I've gotta acknowledge where I've sinned. Okay, and you say, well, that's, that sounds like, I mean, let, let me say it this way there's some things that aren't bad, they're not wrong, they're not sinful. But it's adding stress to your life. So to repent of something means that I'm changing my mind about that. A sin to sin means that you missed the mark. And so maybe you're stressed in your life because you missed the mark in an area of your life. And God would say, Hey, let's repent, let's turn and let's go the other direction. And this is what the prodigal does. I love the story because He's, if you know the story, you'll remember this part, but. The prodigal is so far from home, he's isolated, he knows no one, he's lost it all. And the Bible says that he is now eating pig food in a pigsty. He's a Jewish man, which means he doesn't get close to pigs. They don't eat pigs, they don't touch pigs, they don't raise pigs. But now he's not just in the pigsty, he's eating the pig food. He's at his lowest point. And he comes to his senses, the Bible says, and he says, I will go out, I'll go back to my father and I will say to him, Dad, I messed up. I've, I've been going in the wrong direction. And for some of us, maybe what you're doing is not sinful, but it's stressful. And you need to change the way that you're doing. You need to repent. God, God. I'm asking you to forgive me. Give me strength to turn and go the other way. The second thing that I would tell you is that you've got to reduce the non-essentials. All right, so you repent, you change your mind, but now there's some things in your life that really don't add value to your life. It's not helping you. In fact, it's hurting you. And there's a lot of us that all we do is we add and we add and we add and we never take anything away from our lives. So some, a soccer mom might say, oh, Johnny was asked to not only play soccer, at, at uh, outdoor soccer, but also his team's going to play indoor soccer. Well, time out. How are you going to do that without taking something off of your plate? Something's got to go or you're going to live a stressed life. So, so when you add something, what if you started taking something away off of your plate? What if you had a to-not-do list? You've got a to-do list. What if you added, I'm not going to do this anymore. I can't go this direction. I can't do all of these things that I've been doing. So you reduce the non-essentials. And some people would say, well, Pastor Ben, we've, we've been down this road before. We can do this. We've done it before. And I would say, yes, it's doable. But it's probably not sustainable. Sustainable. And you're going to have to, something's got to go. So ask yourself, what are the things that you need to let go of? What are the things that you need to stop doing? What can you do without in your life? What's not essential in your life? And if money really is the number one stressor for people, what can you let go of financially? Uh, can, can you sell a car and pay off some debt? Can you get rid of that car note? Can you, can, can you, um, Start saving and build an emergency fund so that every time something little happens, you're not stressed out over not having the money in the bank. Can you get on a budget, right? These are some things that, that, you, could, that you could do financially, but there's some things that just might have to go. You might just have to not eat out quite as much. we will get back to the teaching here. I don't know, your, I don't know what, what it is for you, but you, you do. The Holy Spirit will speak that to you, okay? So here's, I, l- I love this verse in Psalm 90. It says, teach us to number our days and recognize how few our days really are. So we don't have all the time in the world. We don't have all the money in the world. We've got a limited amount of time, a limited amount of money, so Lord, help us to spend our days, to spend our lives the way that we should. Help us to spend it in a way that honors you and glorifies you and lifts you up and accomplishes what you want to do in our lives. So teach us how to do this. But what that requires is us to be teachable. All right, third thing is to reprioritize your life. So I'm repenting. I'm, I'm reducing some things that really just don't need to be there. And I'm, I'm going to reprioritize what's next in my life. What is, whatever's left over after, after the things that I've reduced, I'm going to prioritize that. Um, and I think a lot of times we end up in, in the place that we're at because we don't really think about it, what's stressing us out. We're not thinking about the things that cause us anxiety. And so I would just ask you, have you taken time to think about it, or are you, like most of us, going from one thing to the next, pedal to the metal, no margin in your life, appointment to appointment? And if that's you, if, if, if that's where you're at, listen, you've got to reprioritize your life, because if, if you don't do it, somebody else will. That's a good place to say amen right there. It, if you don't prioritize your life, someone else will, corporate will. The baseball coach will, the, 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 the team will, your classmates will, your retirement account will. If you, if, you, if you don't prioritize things in your life, somebody else will be glad to do it. So Jesus said it this way, to seek first his kingdom, his righteousness. Put him first. Put Jesus first. And when you do this, all the other things that I'm stressed over, I'm worried about, I'm anxious about... Those things will be added as well. All right. So what do I what do I need to what do I need to prioritize, Pastor Ben? What's the focus? And that's number four. I want to show you. Is is that the, after you after you've repented, you've reduced the non essentials, you, you've reprioritized some things. You need to know what's important. And when you find and, and, and once you do that, listen. Refocus on what matters more than all the other things more than anything else in your life, refocus on what matters the most. And what that means is we're gonna live intentionally. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put things on a schedule. I'm gonna, as I reprioritize my life, a cu- couple more thoughts about that. I live by a calendar. Like if it's not on my calendar, it doesn't exist. I just, I, that's the way I have to live my life. I, I, I can't go off of the old hard drive anymore. It, it's gotta be, it's gotta be on my calendar. Maybe, maybe that's you, is you just need to prioritize your schedule and your calendar and your, and, and your days and spend them as you should. But if you don't, if you don't refocus on what matters most, you're going you're to focus on the wrong things. Let me say it this way. It's better to get the right things done and not just more things done. Everybody loves more. We all want more. And in fact, I think God wants us to have more, but there's one reason he wants us to have more. Above all the other reasons, he wants us to have more so that we can be a blessing to the world around us. That's why. And so, it's better to get the right things done, not just more things done. And we all love more. I know we do. I mean, if, if one dollar is good, two dollars is what? It's better. If, if one car is good, two cars is better. If, if one Teal's Donut is good, then two Teal's Donuts are better. If one kid is good, then two kids is. <laughs> if one wife is good, two wives is wrong. <laughs> okay, it's wrong. All right. I'm going to show you what matters more than anything else. Before I do that, look, we, we got to focus on wise action proverbs says an intelligent person is looking at at what what needs to happen the, the wise action but a fool wakes up in the morning has no plan for his life go he floats from thing to thing he doesn't really have purpose and he's off in many directions and so i'm just encouraging you let's be wise today what's what's what matters more than anything else guys i want to show you three things that i believe matter more than anything else and the first one is this relationships matter Hey, at the end of the day, I want the people closest to me to love me the most. And I think that ought to be a a success definition for you. That at the end of the day, success for our lives is that the people closest to us love us the most. Relationships matter. And this is why we... We, we do small groups. We're not just a church with some groups. We're a church of groups. We believe that life change happens in groups. We believe that we're better together. And some of you right now, you're isolated. And that's one of the reasons you're stressed out is because nobody knows what you're going through nobody can share that burden with you nobody can help you along the way and you're stressed because you're isolated and you may even be around a a room full of people at work but you're isolated in your mind you can't be the only person who knows what's in your in your mind you can't be the only person who knows your thoughts and knows your secrets come on you'll always be as sick as your secrets that's why you've got to get somebody in your life a relationship where you can take off the mask and you can say, hey, this is what I'm dealing with. This is what's stressing me out. This is the anxieties that I'm feeling right now. That happens through small groups. We started small groups last last Sunday and there's time. Like like some of you right now, you're saying, well, it's too late to get in a group. No, get in a group. It's time to get in relationship. It's time to get, get a relationship where you can be real with somebody. Solomon says it this way, that a person who's isolated, a person who's alone can be attacked and defeated. But when you get a friend who knows what you're thinking, who knows, who, they know what you're going through, they know the stressors in your life, you can stand back to back and you can conquer. But check this out, when you get in a small group, when you get three or more people in a small group, listen, a small group is so much better because a triple braided cord is not easily broken so important relationships matter alright number two purpose matters your purpose matters I'm stressed Pastor Ben you you can live your life focused on the stress and the worries and the anxieties or you can find something bigger than the stress and the worries and the anxieties did you hear that? like like too much of our life is focused on what's in front of us. But listen, our, God gives every one of us a purpose. Every one of us have a destiny. And what so many of us are doing is we're focusing on the stressors. And God says, no, there's something bigger than the stressors in your life. And, and you will never know the difference until you begin to find your purpose. Because your, your purpose helps you overcome the stresses of life. That's why we do the growth track every single, every single month. Today's step one of the growth track talk about somebody asked me earlier how do you join the church today step one of the growth track right after this service at eleven thirty 30 is our next is next step of the growth track it's the perfect way for you to begin to take those steps begin to to to, to, to discover your purpose listen i think god wants you to live by your design and not by your default God wants you to live by the purpose that he's put inside of you, not by just waking up every morning and just taking the day as it comes. No, there's something that he's destined and he's put inside of you and there's gifts and there's passions and you'll never know the difference until you you discover something bigger than your problems to live for. That's your purpose. You need something bigger than the stress, something bigger than your problems, and that is your purpose. Psalm 139 says that all the days ordained for you, He's, he already wrote those. Before you were ever born, he had written them in his book. And all the days ordained for me were written in your book before I ever came to the earth, before any one of them was ever fulfilled. He had a purpose for your life. And then number three is eternity matters. Eternity matters. As I prepared this message, what I really sense the Holy Spirit saying to us as a church, but I, I think for the capital C church, the big church, guys, I think that we're, that we're too... I'm concerned that we care too much about the things of the world. That's just the best way I can say. I'm concerned that we care too much... About what happens on earth. Hey everybody, heaven's coming. Like Jesus is coming back. And He's not coming for, He's not coming back for a church that's going. I just don't know how I'm gonna make it here on earth. I'm just so stressed out, and I just don't know what else I'm gonna Hey, I, We all deal with stress. He's looking for a church that's powerful, not powerless. He's coming back for a church that's full of anticipation for his return and we've got to remember heaven is coming and listen, all of the stressors in life, they're real, I get it I understand we deal with those stressors, we deal with those anxieties they're real, but listen they're all going to fade away one day they're all going to fade away And I I think what we've got to remember is that all the things we're worried about, all of the fears, the anxieties, the stresses, the Apostle Paul, he would say, those things are light and momentary. Doesn't that make you want to punch him in the face? Light and momentary, Paul? You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I'm dealing with. You don't know what I'm feeling. Yet the Apostle Paul, he was shipwrecked. He was stoned. They threw rocks at him. He was beaten with 39 lashes five different times. He spent a night and a day on the open sea. This guy was ran out of cities and towns. He was attacked by all different kinds of mobs. And he says all of that was light and momentary because there's an eternal glory that far outweighs everything that I've dealt with on this earth. And it's heaven, everybody. Heaven's coming. Heaven's coming so he says here's what you do don't fix your eyes on what you can see on what's temporary on what causes you the stress and the anxiety and the word no no you've got to fix your eyes on what is unseen because what is seen is temporary it fades away it won't last forever but what is unseen is eternal it's eternal and so what i'm asking you to do today is i'm just asking you to come to your senses would you Whatever's going on in your life, the stressors of life, would you have a wake-up call today? I, I, I want to I say it like this. For some of you, this message is critical. Like you're, you're feeling the weight of everything going on in life. Some of it's circumstantial. It's beyond your control. Some of it is stuff that you've brought on yourself. But listen, it's not the boss's problem. It's not the spouse's problem. It's, it's not the finances. It's not the, the teammates, the coaches. None of that heart you've got to look here in your heart you've got to ask God about what's going on in your heart and I have one question for you today and that is what's the one thing in your life if it changed the one thing in your life if it changed it would make all the difference in the world for some of you it might be getting in that financial peace group, getting on a budget for some of you, it might be marriage counseling. You've done everything else, and you've got the papers hidden in your, your closet, ready to file for divorce, but maybe it's going through marriage counseling. We have resources to help you with that. Maybe for some of you it's, I don't, I don't know what it is for you. Whatever it is, come to your senses. Come on, let's have this wake-up call today, and let's remember eternity matters, heaven's coming, everybody. And here's what we've got to do. We've we've got to do what the prodigal did. He got up, and and he didn't wallow in his pity. He didn't wallow in in his life and how bad things were. He went to his father. And some of you, you have this this fake picture, you have this, this misled identity about father god you think he is an angry cosmic killjoy who can't wait to put you in your place no 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 our father in heaven is a loving father he's standing on the front porch of heaven he's got a refrigerator with your picture on it and he's looking for the day that you would just come home He's not angry. He's not mad. He's madly in love with you. And he got up and went to his father. But watch this while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and filled with anger and resentment. And he was no, no, no. He, was, he, was, he had compassion on his son. And he ran to his son and he threw his arms around him and he kissed him and he said, Welcome home, son. And that's what I want for some of you today. Come to your senses. Would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. Father, I pray right now for every one of us today who are stressed. Lord, it, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. But Lord, we, we repent, first of all. We ask you to forgive us. Would you cleanse us and, and purify us from just, just being stressed? Taking, taking the, the road that is traveled by so many people, doing what everybody else does and adding to the stresses of our life. Lord, we ask you to forgive us. We choose today to turn and go the other direction, Lord, we're asking that you would strengthen us as we reduce things in our lives that just don't need to be there. Things that are adding to our plate. Strengthen us to reduce that. Help us to reprioritize things that matter more than anything else, that our relationships matter, that our purpose matters that eternity matters. Lord, help us to remember heaven is coming. Help us to not be so earthly-minded that we forget heaven is coming. Jesus, you're coming back for a powerful church. Remind us of our eternity. In Jesus' name, with your head still bowed, if you're here today and, and you're on the other side of that, like you're far from God, you're, you're distant, you don't have a relationship with God, and when I talk about eternity, there's something inside of you that, like you're feeling this weight, and you're feeling this this um, this guilt. You you feel the weight of your sin, the weight of shame and guilt, the condemnation. You feel all of that. I want to tell you today that that there is a convicting presence of the Holy Spirit that's here and he convicts us he doesn't make us feel bad but what he does is he says hey there's a better way and what you're feeling right now is the Holy Spirit saying hey it's time for you to make a decision it's time for you to give your life to Christ it's time for you to leave the pig pen to leave the way that you've been doing things in life and it's time for you to run to the Father and today if you're far from God I want to give you an opportunity right now to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life and, and, and what you need to do is you need to make a decision. You need to make a decision. It's the easiest thing you'll ever do, but it'll cost you everything. And if, if you're ready to do that, on the count of three, I want you to boldly lift up your hand. One, two, three. I'm going all in today with Jesus. Come on, I see your hand. See, who else would say, that's me, Pastor Ben? One, two. Who else would say, that's me? Three. Anybody else? Four. Who else would say, that's me? Five. going all in Pastor Ben I'm giving my life to Christ today all in for eternity six seven eight anybody else come on I'm so proud of you amen hey let's pray this prayer together today with all of our hearts every person in the room say Jesus I give you my life I surrender I repent of my sin I'm changing my ways not my ways anymore I'm following your ways, cleanse me, wash my sins away, give me a fresh start, a new beginning, and from this day forward, I'll serve you, I'll live for you, the best that I know how, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, right now, let's give God thanks today. Let's give God praise for salvation today.